WCNC Charlotte. This is Flashpoint, where power and politics collide and the tough questions get asked and answered. Thanks for joining us here on Flashpoint. I'm Ben Thompson. Data from the first half of the year shows violent crime is down in the Queen City, but overall crime, homicides and car thefts are all up. This week, we're looking into the growing crime crisis and what's being done at the community level to help keep the Queen City safe. And then a bit later, we're going to dig into the rematch brewing right now in South Charlotte. We'll talk to the Democrat looking to take on Tark Bakari in the race for city council for a second time. But first, joining us now is Mario Black. He's the founder of the Million Youth March of Charlotte. Mario, thanks for coming on Flashpoint. It's good to see you again. Good to see you too, sir. Thank you for the opportunity to yeah, absolutely. So uh, promising news from CMPD in the last few weeks in that violent crime specifically is down a bit. But but as you know, we're still seeing more homicides, generally more crime overall uh, around the city. What do you see is sort of the, the motivating factor behind some of these crimes that worries you so much? Um, social media. Social media is the big one of the biggest, I guess, downfalls right now. And especially as it relates to the young, younger people that, you know, they are post something on social media and then they'll post a meetup or whatever. And from there, it, it you know, it's a trickle effect. Um, and then you have, just like the, um, the, the situation with the 4th of July, I feel like that was planned um, downtown, you know, with all the young people and the, the chaos or whatever. But social media is a big downfall and lack of parental involvement is a, a, a big factor. So, so social media is sort of offering a, a place where these young people can get together and organize. Um, organize, yes. And, and then carry out. Um, summer, as you know, is often a time with a lot of crime. Just statistically, it, it goes up typically in the summer. Anecdotally, do you feel like we're seeing more crime, more shootings this year? Yeah, as recent as yesterday uh, in broad daylight, you know, anytime that, yeah, any crime is, is one too many, but when you have somebody taking lives like in broad daylight, you know, people out shopping, supposed to be a safe haven, um, you know, that, that, that's an issue and it has seemingly um, since summer, you know, it's just like a, dark cloud over Charlotte and the, 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 the um, crime rate has increased to me. Um, I don't see where it's really a decrease, even though CMPD, you know, put the figure, the numbers out um, within the last two weeks, you know, stating it, but, you know, we're still hearing it each morning when we wake up on the news, you know, another homicide um, the day before, and then throughout the day, we hear a homicide has taken place. So it's um, alarming. Do, do you see any progress being made in, in that? Do you see uh, any prevention um, techniques, anything that seems to be working um, out there? Um, you know, we we have like um, the city you know, organized that the ATV group there in the community. Um, um, yes and no. And I say yes, because you know they, they're 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 building they're in the community building the trust of the community, but I say no because it's not all hands 
on deck, you know, within the community, not just this one organization or organization here, you know, doing you know thing. Collectively, we got we have power and numbers to see that overall change that we want to see um, in the city and in our communities. You've um you you've been fighting this fight now for for a while. Do you feel like it's often you're taking, you know, three steps forward and two steps back? Absolutely. Anytime, you know, I hear of a homicide, um, it's like a, a step back. Um, but I'm not deterred by it. Um, the late Judy Williams, um, founder of Mother's Mother Offspring, she gave me that platform over 10 years ago, you know, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary, um, July the 11th, of the Million Youth March of Charlotte in Salisbury. And in 2013, when we started, Danielle Thunderbird and Ina Gonzalez were gunned down. That was a high number of crime um, that year. Knowing that the answer is in all of us, and this is a holistic, you know, problem that requires a holistic solution. Um, specifically, though, I, I, I want to ask about police. What would you like to see police do better you know like i said i grew up in in in, uh, in charlotte which was and i grew up in the historic earl village community which is now known as the first word community we had officers in the community during that time that knew us by name <laughs> they were patrolled on bikes within the community and just to see um I would say community policing um, to get to know the neighbors in the communities that they, that, that they patrol. Um, you know, it, it, hey, just introduce yourselves. You, my, my name is Officer Such and Such. You know, I, I patrol the um, area. If you, you know have any questions, concerns, here's how you can con contact me. And that helped build the co um, community trust with um, police, community policing, basically, yes. for a positive, you know. Yeah. We, we do know CMPD has struggled recently with staffing shortages, which makes that sort of community policing all the more difficult um, for the mm -hmm. department. Um, what about neighbors? This is also on neighbors as well. Um, what, what do we need to be doing to be better neighbors? Just be vigilant. Anything we, we you know, we may hear or if we suspect something, you know, just kind of, you know, report it. So to kind of help de-escalate it, you know, um, or prevent it from potentially happening. Mario Black, uh, founder of the Million Youth March of Charlotte. Mario, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. It was an honor. You have a great one. All right. You too. Take care. More Thank Flashpoint you. after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. The race for city council here in Charlotte is now set in a familiar battle already brewing in South Charlotte. District 6 Republican Tark Bakari once again facing off against Democrat Stephanie Han. You might remember he beat her last November by just 357 votes. That's it. But now Han believes this time she can pull out a win. Joining us now is Stephanie Han. She's the Democratic candidate in the race for District 6 in South Charlotte. She's going to be taking on incumbent Tark Bakari once again. Stephanie, thanks for coming on Flashpoint. We appreciate it. Oh, delight to be with you today, Ben. Um, as we have noted, this is not your first race against Councilman Bakari. What makes this time different? 
Um, there has definitely been uh, changes. You know, we, we missed the mark by 357 votes the last time. But I would say this, uh, our team is excited and fired up. Uh, we're stronger, we're more confident, we're more focused, and we're working hard to gain the trust of the people in District 6. So together, we can create a more vibrant District 6. So I'm, I'm just excited for the opportunity. Uh, sometimes these uh, municipal races don't have the biggest turnout. Sometimes they do, but uh, oftentimes they don't. Uh, how, how do you plan on getting out your supporters? Because as you mentioned, when you're talking just a few hundred uh, votes, that can be the difference between winning and losing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I've always been in community in this great city uh, through my work um, with nonprofit as well as when I was uh, operations manager working with Marriott at the Charlotte Douglas International Airport. So this is a part of what I do and even in the faith community as a United Methodist clergy person. So that's not anything new. The, the thing now is uh, to go even deeper in our communities just to meet people uh, to have conversation with people, to hear what their greatest challenges are in community, um, and then come up with solutions. Talk to them about what they believe solutions are if they um, give me the privilege to be their representative. Uh, let's say you get elected to, to uh, city council. What, what is your number one priority? Um, I think it's important, can I do a 1.5, uh, is strong economic development. If we don't have and continue to continue up the spectrum of ensuring that our small businesses, our local businesses are thriving, we will not do well in this great city. So it's important that our local businesses, we know that that is 99.9% .9 small businesses in this country, 99.9%. .9 and so businesses need to thrive. And then number to. We've got to tackle the workforce housing. Um, how do we have housing for first responders, police, medics, teachers, that they can afford to live in the communities of their choice where they're teaching and working so that they'll have quality of life and our neighborhoods will continue to thrive? Um, it strikes me affordable housing, probably the most pressing problem uh, the city faces. And a close second might be transit. Um, two, two questions when it comes to transit. Um, what do we do to fix cats uh, is the first question. And then the second question is what do we do to fix our transit when we have to get Raleigh on board? So I'll start with the first question. What needs to be done at cats? Basically, it, it's all it's about accountability, um, having the right people in the right seat. Um, organizations rise and fall on great leadership and accountability. And so we have to hold our leaders in whom we place in positions um, accountable. We need to celebrate when things are going exceptionally well, and we also have to hold one another accountable. So I think those are the two things I would say uh, for CATS is holding accountability and celebrating the things uh, and the employees and the leadership um, when things are going exceptionally well. Uh, and then what about transit? When it comes to transit, we, we had a, a person in the newsroom asking me about it the other day, and I said, well, we talked about it on Flashpoint two dozen times, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, how do we finally get some of these projects shovel ready and going? Um, it's going to take, it, it, it is a very complex, but this is my thoughts uh, pertaining to transit. We, we must be even more innovative. We must 
celebrate the things that we're doing exceptionally well, and then we have to be innovative in what it means to be an interconnected city, an interconnected region, um, so that, and also so that we have opportunity to take the green emissions down, but to get people from point A to point B. And then the second part of your question is, we must engage with Raleigh. We cannot not engage with Raleigh. And I know that I'm a leader who's a collaborator. So it is important that if I'm privileged with this seat, that I would engage with Raleigh to continue to try to bridge the gaps that we have, to work with um, both sides of the fence so that Charlotte stays a premier queen city, not only throughout the state, but throughout the region and throughout the nation. Where do you feel like, um, um, Councilman Bakari, where do you feel like he has fallen short? So what I'm going to say to that great question is that I am a leader, a leader that is a collaborator. I'm a leader who's willing to work in community and, get, and engage with community to hit the most pressing needs of District 6. I'm accessible and I will be a leader for the people. Understand leadership and service go hand in hand is that uh, the service that we do in our community is the rent that we pay and i am that type of leader in our community and so i hope that the citizens of district six will see that they have a viable choice uh, a new fresh voice and someone who's willing to work for the people uh many folks here in charlotte being a relatively blue city criticize the fact that that um Republicans have a hold of Raleigh, of the General Assembly, and they have they have override power and everything, uh, super majorities, um, and they talk about it not being a good thing. Let me ask that question though on a Charlotte level: uh, Are the people of Charlotte better served when they have both Republicans and Democrats on City Council? It's, that's a great question, and I do get asked that question or brought up. I, I think the people of Charlotte want a leader. Um, whether they're Democrat or Republican, that is concerned about what their greatest needs are in community and are going to be accessible and engaged to find solutions to the greatest problems of our city. Uh, zoning is a great uh, debate in our city right now. Who's going to be working for the people? And I believe that I'm that person that will, in a high integrity manner, work for the people of District 6 and for Charlotte. I ask that because if you were to win, that means there would be Ed Riggs as the lone Republican uh, on city council. Um, final question. Um, generally, how do you see leadership here in the city? Um, do, you, do you see it's headed in the right direction? Um, I think with any organization, any society, any um, business, that it is important that we don't sit on our laurels, that we are continuously pivoting and growing in our leadership capacity because the society changes. And if we're not up with the shifts and pivots and changes in society, we will um, be non-existing, number one. Number two, we will miss opportunities that present themselves. So I think innovation, I think keeping our fingers on the pulse and understanding what the, the, move, the mood and the move of the city is doing and that's what we have to capitalize on those issues that 
pop themselves up, but then we need to address them very quickly, or we must sit back and research, talk to the people, do the due diligence so that we come up with the best solutions for this great city. Stephanie Hand, running for District 6 in South Australia. Stephanie, thanks for coming on Flashpoint. We appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope to talk to you more. Yep. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. She says a police mistake left her humiliated, but unless something changes, the public will never see exactly how officers treated the Gaston County woman when she says they pulled her out of her home naked, put her in handcuffs and searched the house. Now, a state senator says the whole thing lacks transparency in the case. WCNC Charles Nate Morbido is seeking solutions. This is one of several cases we've identified where police embarrassed innocent people, most of them in their own homes. And in two of those cases, we've yet to see taxpayer-funded body camera footage that, if released, would better help the public understand the full truth. You snatched me outside naked like I was a criminal. Before, a Gaston County police officer embarrassed Shalanda Ash. This is crazy in one of her most vulnerable moments last year it was the most humiliating thing i've ever experienced Ugh. stacy campbell says she experienced the same shame no apology whatsoever in raleigh questioned outside by an officer she says incorrectly thought her car belonged to someone else and she exposed the whole lower half of my body an officer who Campbell says then lifted up her bathrobe after already patting her down and finding no weapons. It was frustrating, it was embarrassing, and it made me feel ashamed. She's since filed a civil rights lawsuit. Short of telling us the department conducted a thorough investigation, Raleigh police won't say anything else, citing employee privacy law. And thanks to state law, the agency also doesn't have to release body camera footage unless a judge orders it. I would love for it to be released so they can see how the police can just roll up on you, search you, expose you, and still get away with it. To get police video in North Carolina, citizens have to go to the courthouse and file a petition, which costs money. Then, they must argue their case during a hearing. And ultimately, it's up to a judge to decide if release is necessary to advance a compelling public interest. It's actually for transparency and accountability. Despite the efforts of Ash's attorney, a Gaston County judge denied her petition to release her video publicly, which means we don't know the full scope of how the task force acted as they searched her home for her sister a murder suspect out of South Carolina. I know I've not done anything wrong. I said, I'm gonna open my door with my hands in the air, show them, hey, look, I'm naked, and I step out a little. Now they're rushing towards the house with big guns, like, pointed at me, and they're calling my sister's name. We don't know everything they said or how they reacted when they found an undressed Ash inside instead of her sister. What I saw what happened with Miss Ash is, is deeply disappointing. Senator Muchtaba Mohammed has filed legislation in the past pushing for better public access to body camera footage. The burden should not be on journalists and ordinary citizens and community leaders to have to petition a superior court judge, file formal documents and motions and, and go through that process. And says he'll continue advocating for more transparency. The burden should be on the law enforcement agency hoping the political landscape will eventually change so his proposal can secure the votes needed to become law. 
the community deserves answers. They have a right to know what happened because this is, again, about basic dignity and basic respect. His 2021 bill would have required police to release footage publicly when requested after 48 hours. If agencies had concerns, they would have been the ones to petition a judge. This will help build trust between law enforcement and the community at the end of the day. But his legislation stalled in committee. Every morning and I open my eyes, that's what I remember. A little more than a year later, a judge refused to release Shalonda Ash's video. Y'all embarrassed me in front of my neighbors. Ruling, he didn't see how it would accomplish anything other than trying to embarrass, rightly or wrongly, law enforcement without the proper context. Senator Mohammed says continued de-escalation training is also critical. A spokesperson for the Gaston County Police Department told us officers received training in de-escalation last year. Nate Morabito, WCNC Charlotte. More Flashpoint after this. Welcome back to Flashpoint. Folks, come interact with us on social media. Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if there's something you want us to talk about here on Flashpoint. And as always, remember to listen and subscribe to our podcast. You can find it wherever you get yours. And we'll see you back here next weekend.